Hey, welcome into the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. We're listening to in as many as 34 states across the United States. We're worldwide and international in a lot of places. Canada, Northern Ireland, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. Um, some of the other places, um, you know, we're not only in Quebec, uh, Montreal, Canada area, but the western part of Canada is caught on to. Uh, we got listeners in uh, France, Puerto Rico as well. But here in the United States, I, I did a little uh, check on the stats. Florida, the number one state. Uh, Washington, Ohio, Virginia, Georgia, and Colorado kind of follow. Texas, and then Alabama kind of comes in after that. We got listeners everywhere. Thank you so very much for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to do a podcast with all those great creation tools. Anchor.fm is is actually known as as I look at my, you know, my control panel while doing the podcast, Anchor known as Anchor by Spotify now. So a lot of great enhancements, improvements, creation tools. So we're here with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We got an interview. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Ella Smith with the Orlando Predators from the National Arena League, and that's going to be coming up in a few minutes. First and foremost, going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would love to sit here and say, hey, we're going to talk about the Playmakers. And again, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfollowHits.com for great internet radio. Hey, Saucerility, Larry Saucer and his crew at Saucerility, I mean, they're doing real estate in North Florida. Uh, from Lake City, Live Oak, uh, to near Jacksonville, uh, Gainesville. See Larry Saucer for your North Florida real estate needs at Saucer Realty. You go to BigJReport.com, scroll down to our 24-7 North Florida weather information, and you'll find the link uh, for Saucer Realty. So here on the Till Shirt Report, we would really like to talk about the playmakers. I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. Running back James Robinson, um, Travis Etienne, again, Trevor Lawrence, the top three wide receivers who we feel will be the top three wide receivers, Marvin Jones uh, Jr., also LaVisca Chenault, and DJ Chark may be the number one guy. DJ Chark could be the number one guy. Marvin Jones 1B and LaVisca Chenault somewhere around uh, two or three, right? Then you got Colin Johnson might be the fourth guy, the big tall, six foot five, six foot six, uh, second year wide receiver out of Texas. So we got the playmakers, James Robinson. I'm not even mentioning Carlos Hyde. Up, oh, look like I mentioned Carlos Hyde. He's actually probably the third back on the roster. But you do have uh, James Robinson who ran. Uh, for over a thousand yards in his first 13 games last year as an undrafted rookie free agent. ETN, he's got the speed coming out of Clemson, played with Trevor Lawrence in college. So those are some of the playmakers. The tight end room, uh, new head coach Urban Meyer, the Jacksonville Jaguars, says the tight end room, these guys, even though it's a lot of the same guys, even though they did sign Manhurts, who's considered one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL. Uh, Manhurts, glad to have him. They say he's catching a few passes. He caught a few passes in, uh, you know, OTAs and minicamp and and what have you, but very, very good blocking tight end. Tim Tebow, will he make the 53-man roster? That's a big question going into training camp, of course. We'd like to think he will. You know, unless there's another tight end sign from somewhere. I mean, Philadelphia may, there's a chance they may cut Zach Ertz, and then you really don't have to give up anything for Zach Ertz. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the, the Jags would be in on Zach Ertz because that's probably a one or two year proposition, maybe with him. So we'll see. Tight end room. You know, maybe a situation where the Jags say, you know, we'll, we'll go with the tight ends we got. James O'Shaughnessy may be the top guy, along with Manhurts. Um, you know, Farrell out of Ohio State, the rookie, Tim Tebow. They may go with that group, and they may say, hey, let's see how things go this year. And then next year, we may draft a, a tight end high. 
you know, high in the draft, first, second, third round. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Of course, they traded the often injured uh, Josh Oliver. That's really enough on playmakers. We got to get into this situation about. There's a couple of things I want to talk about: the fines for OTAs, and uh, you know, I, I've looked around and researched it. And, you know, these fines violating CBA rules that are governing governing the off-season, you know, work, off-season workouts. So we take a look at it, and, um, I mean, this is all supporting the rights of the players. Um, you know, and then there's COVID testing. Um, this may have to do with the players taking the COVID vaccine, COVID testing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But most of what the fines were for were apparently what they're calling inadvertent contact, CBA stuff, right? Inadvertent contact that I guess the NFL, people in charge of uh, keeping keeping an eye on what's going on in regards to the CBA with the NFL in respect, inadvertent contact that was seen on video from Jaguars practices, um, OTA practices back on June 1st. Now, as you know, the Jaguars were not the only team fined. All the coaches of these teams, the Jaguars, Urban Meyer, um, the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, and Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys, they were all fined. So it's not just the Jaguars. It's, uh, you know, it's three different teams. And I kind of looked at a few different articles and, and you know, a few things of, of what's going on out there. There was also, you know, probably one of the best written ones was, you know, a guy here with the local Florida Times Union, John Reed, and I'll quote from John Reed's article, the Jacksonville Jaguars were among three teams disciplined by the NFL on uh, Thursday, Thursday, July the 1st, for violating the no-contact rule for off-season practices. As a result, the league fined Coach Urban Meyer $100,000 and the Jaguars you know, as a team and organization, $200,000 per multiple reports, and the team will lose two organized team practices in 2022. Is this overkill? You know, but, you know, Tom Coughlin got fired for wanting to find guys for, you know, things they did, but, you know, the NFL, the CBA says, no, you can't do that. You know, slap them on the wrist, right? Still a lot of money, and, you know, the probably the more – Worse than the money, a lot worse than the money is just the PR of it all. The Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers were also penalized for OTA infractions as we continue to look at uh, John Reed from from the Florida Times-Union's article. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers were also penalized for OTA infractions. Each franchise being docked at least $100,000 and coaches Mike McCarthy and Kyle Shanahan both losing, looks like 50000 there. I think Urban got fined more, right? That's according to multiple reports. Uh, the Cowboys also will forfeit one week of practices next year. Wow, one week of practices. While the 49ers were ordered to cancel the final week of OTA sessions this year. So, I mean, they want to keep it, a, I guess, the NFL and the CBA. I mean, they're looking out for the players, certainly. But I don't know. Some of these, you know, OTAs and... Many camps and training camps are, you know, getting more like, well, I shouldn't say this, but we, we could say, or we, we, we could often say, more of a country club than it was back in the day, back when football was football, back in the 1970s, early 1980s. But I'll tell you what, a person, and, and we're going to continue with um, looking at John Reed's article from the Florida Times Union. Apparently, a person familiar with the punishment told the USA Today Network, which the Florida Times Union is a part of, that the Jaguars were in violation during a June 1st practice in which the coaching staff did not instruct players to go through live contact work. A few players, however, overextended into live contact. Um the person spoke on the condition of anonymity. Anonymity, right? Wanted to be anonymous because they were not authorized to discuss the infraction or the punishment. Okay, so um, people, you know, were informed of the fines issued by the league and, you know, the Jaguars accepting the discipline 
and um, you know there was a response uh, from the Jaguars. Let me see if I have that response uh, from the Jaguars. I had it earlier, but there was a response, you know, saying the Jaguars saying they were going to be more careful and, you know, certainly not let it happen again. I'm just kind of paraphrasing and reading between the lines there. So, you know, it's a difficult, difficult, uh, you know, situation for the Jaguars, you know, and, and the Jaguars were not alone. I mean, they were, uh, you know, the Cowboys and 49ers were involved as well. So the you know these things uh, apparently do happen, um, you know, and it's kind of a lot of uh, you know Urban Meyer catches a lot of um, uh, difficulty over this because he's a new head coach. I mean, he's basically a new head coach, so so there you go. And uh, so it's some some a little bit of bad PR is what you'd say, but you know what's really going on here, right? That's what we all want to know. So we're talking about the Jaguars. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Yeah, I was looking for the response of the Jaguars. I did see a response earlier. You know, basically the Jags are, you know, they're saying they're going to be more careful and diligent and not let it happen again. But the fines are the fines. So, you know, you'll, you know, take the punishment and, you know, and move on. So, you know, and Urban Meyer is a first-year head coach. He's certainly learning about the NFL, right? As I take a sip of this coffee, I made some interesting coffee. Um, I mixed up the Brazil coffee uh, today, which was uh, Cafe Bustelo. It's kind of a fine coffee, so I can't go all. I can't go all. I can't go all Cafe Bustelo. So we went Cafe Bustelo a little bit, Maxwell House, a little bit of Starbucks dark French roast, and mixed it all together. Came up with this concoction that tastes pretty good. So a little caramel creamer. I couldn't find the Southern Pecan. I couldn't find that Southern Pecan uh, creamer at the usual store. Went to another store and found it for like 80 or 90 cents cheaper. So I've got some Southern Pecan creamer once I finish the caramel creamer. You know, creamer can dress up almost any coffee out there. That's a tip from me to you. So, anywho, as uh, you know, people in Alabama and other places uh, used to say, anywho, um, the fines have been uh, disclosed. Um, wrist have been slapped, slap on the wrist. And, um, basically the Jaguar is saying that they're going to be more stringent and, you know, and not let, you know, this type of thing go on or happen again. So, so that's all well and good. It was some bad, you know, a little bad publicity and sometimes that happens. So basically the OTA violations, it all came down to just some inadvertent 11 on 11 a contact, which was against the CBA rules, you might say, right? Okay, now this other thing I want to talk about is Paul Feinbaum. I mean, as Paul Feinbaum, you know, this is a guy, Paul Feinbaum, that, you know, when I worked in radio up in Georgia and even for a time in, in parts of Alabama, of course, I worked in radio a long time in Jacksonville before I ever went up to Georgia and Alabama to work. But I'm going to tell you that I remember Paul Feinbaum my goodness, when was it? Back in the 90s or early 2000s? I mean, Paul Feinbaum was doing a radio show up in Alabama on one, two, or three radio stations. Um, then there were a few more stations that picked up his, his uh, Paul Feinbaum radio show in the state of Alabama. And I got to give Paul credit. He grew it. All of a sudden, ESPN got interested. I think ESPN still wants kind of that conservative Southern crowd, even though I think they've lost a lot of that due to the talking heads uh, shows that are on ESPN. Um, quite frankly, I, I don't really care much about watching ESPN unless it's a game I want to see because, my goodness, the, uh, the ESPN talking heads, Paul Feinbaum and a few others, I mean, you know, they're not on Jacksonville, Florida's side as a city that has an NFL franchise or even the Jacksonville Jaguars, for that matter. Now, Paul Feinbaum recently in an ESPN panel, and again, I don't watch him too often, but I did watch, you know, I guess they, they put something on YouTube that was a synopsis of what Paul was talking about. 
so there were some other ESPN characters on there, you know, talking heads, basically. Paul Feinbaum might be the most respected guy, you know, since he started out in Alabama. And mainly, mainly his show was on radio when he started was SEC football. Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, what have you, the rest of the conference, Florida, Georgia. And, of course, we're going to talk SEC football right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. I mean, we've got, uh, by the way, we've got guys that, that know their stuff. JC, our one of our producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, is more of an expert on Alabama football and the SEC West, which means Auburn and LSU and teams like that. And we've got uh, Mad Max, who is a Georgia Bulldog football insider. You got myself. I've been involved with uh, the media for over 20 years and, and, of course, a lifetime of Florida Gator football I've watched since I was like seven years old. Alex Nunnery, one of our, producer, one of our producers, is uh, in our BigJReport.com sports reporters. He's one of our BigJReport.com sports reporters. JC's a freelance writer with us. So Alex Nunnery kind of covers the Gators. I kind of cover the Gators. You know, I like the entire SEC, though, man. It's been my favorite conference since I was about seven years old. There's no doubt about that. So we got good coverage. Alex Nunnery and myself covering the Florida Gators. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs being covered by Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. And, of course, J.C., uh, expert in Alabama football, and he's going to more or less cover the SEC uh, Western division for us as well. We'll talk more about college football as the time, you know, creeps, creeps up on us. I mean, this is uh, July the 4th. This is our July the 4th episode. Episode, what is today? Episode 40 on July the 4th. So that's pretty cool. This is season number two. Episode show number 40. Season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Real quickly, as far as the SEC goes, since we talked about Paul Feinbaum, it immediately made me think about the SEC. Florida's got a new quarterback, Emory Jones. Will he put up the numbers? He can run. A lot of people think he's going to put up some big passing numbers, too. I like uh, Florida's backfield. I think Florida will utilize the running backs more this year. Uh, Georgia, I, mean, I think there's a lot of people that feel Georgia will win the East, and Georgia may win the entire conference this, this year. Um, reports from Georgia Bulldog football insider Mad Max at, uh, you know, Carson Beck, Jacksonville, Florida kid who won a state championship at Mandarin High School uh, here in Jacksonville. He won the state championship in his junior year, by the way, you know, going back, what, about three years ago. But Carson Beck looked good in spring practice, even though he will not be the starter. He'll probably be the second string guy. But, you know, they've got another quarterback with JT, what's his name, JT Daniels. That's supposed to be, you know, everything, although he hasn't, you know, we haven't seen him play much, right? But Emory Jones uh, for Florida, you know, he's expected still. But and, and JT Daniels is the kid that used to be at USC. Jonathan Tyler Daniels, an American football quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, began his career at USC back in 2018 before transferring to Georgia in 2020. So he's been around for a while. So JT Daniels is this guy that's going to be you know, running the controls at quarterback, perhaps Jacksonville, Florida kid. Carson Beck uh, looked good enough in spring practice to be the uh, backup or number two guy at quarterback. So Georgia, I mean, if JT Daniels flourishes, you know, that could that could really just complete that team because people are already saying they got two really good offensive linemen coming back. The defense is going to be strong for Georgia with a lot of guys coming back uh, in 2021 post, post-COVID or maybe not post-COVID, but uh, the tail end of COVID. Maybe, maybe that's how we should define it. Uh, Alabama just kind of reloading, although, you know, they don't have Mac Jones anymore. He's in the NFL. So again, Alabama will be faced with playing another quarterback, but they're going to have, they're going to be reloading, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, on their, their lines and at receiver and running back. They lost a lot of receiving, a lot of wide receivers, you know, in the last couple of years to the NFL draft. But, but, you know, when, when these high school recruits say, and they see all these players, all these wide receivers drafted in the NFL by the NFL teams in, what, what is it, the first or second round, they're saying, man, I'm going to Alabama. 
you know, I can get drafted high and, you know, in three years, you know, once I play like three years for Bama. So I, I didn't mean to jump into all this SEC stuff, but we are going to cover the SEC this year. Alabama just reloading. Texas A&M may be coming, maybe a comer because they, I mean, they had a good year last year in the COVID year. Uh, they came close to the playoff, even though they didn't win the division or the conference had a really good year, beat Florida as well. So Texas A&M with uh, Big Jimbo, uh, big their coach, uh, what Jimbo Fisher, uh, they're, they're kind of a coming team in the SEC West. LSU may be falling with Coach O having some, some interesting difficulties there. Uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss may be a wild card with uh, Lane Kiffin. So, and we'll cover the conference uh, in the coming in the coming weeks. We're going to really, you know, bolt into it and dive into the Southeastern Conference. You know, in my feeling, my favorite conference in college football, and probably the best conference in college football. Although we'll get some arguments, but most people will probably agree it's probably one of the best conferences in college football and probably the best most people will feel and a 12 team playoff is coming is what it looks like so we'll be talking about that in coming uh, you know podcast episodes on the teal shirt report podcast now how we got into sec football is simply because you know paul feinbaum is kind of like mr sec right wasn't paul feinbaum the guy that got bitten by one of the dogs it was either Ugga or maybe the, the smoky mascot from Tennessee, but Paul Feinbaum, I mean, he's a staple with SEC football, but now he's tied into ESPN so much, maybe he's becoming an ESPN talking head now. Maybe that's all he is with a guy that's from the South and uh, knows SEC football. He you knew he's got those his fans, he got a lot of fans in Alabama. I'll tell you what, they used to call in the, I guess they still call in his, uh, his uh, show on ESPN. A lot of them, the same people that called the radio show years and years ago too. So he's part of the national media. Now, one thing I thought was interesting that I wanted to talk to Paul about, he, you know, about Paul Feinbaum. I mean, he's sitting there in the round table. I think there were about four guys, ESPN talking heads, including Paul, and Paul was simply asked about Urban Meyer. And Paul Feinbaum is sitting there saying, yeah, I believe Urban Meyer will flame out as an NFL coach. You talked about the CBA rules violations, you know, with the recent the recent fines and, you know, and talking about Urban Meyer flaming out. What I thought was very interesting, though, was in that context, the, the majority of it, the majority of it, Paul Feinbaum was saying that Urban Meyer will flame out. But then reading between the lines, I heard Paul one time, he made a real kind of quiet quote. It might work short term, you know, since he will have, uh, you know, a franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, yada, yada, yada. But basically the, the big sentiment and the majority of what Paul Feinbaum was talking about, the guy that I've always thought kind of looked like Barney Fife. Paul Feinbaum is saying, and, and I shouldn't make sport of Paul, but Paul Feinbaum is, is in a sense saying that Urban Meyer will flame out as a head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really don't agree with that. I think the Jaguars are in, in are positioned, and the goal is with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, a high-profile coach, you got your franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, you got three really good wide receivers right now, Got some playmakers. Um, they got to work on the defense. The defensive line is going to be a big key in health. Health, I tell you. If you got the majority of your players available to play, they're healthy. They're you know, there's going to be players get hurt with every NFL team. But I, I, I will say, if the Jaguars are healthy, they can they can do well. Some people think they're going to win six games. Some people think they're going to win ten or eleven games. My goodness, it's going to come down to how healthy is the team? How well does Trevor Lawrence perform? Uh, we're going to do something, I think, on the Facebook group talking about, you know, how many, and you can write to me, whatever your opinion is of Trevor Lawrence, Scott at BigJReport.com. That's Scott at BigJReport.com. 
How many touchdowns, how many interceptions will Trevor Lawrence throw in his rookie campaign with the Jaguars, assuming he stays completely healthy and plays in at least, what, 15 to 17 regular season games? I don't think the Jags make the playoffs in 2021. Some people do. Most people don't. 2022, Urban's second year will probably be the charm year because I think the goal, in my opinion, is a Super Bowl appearance within two to five years for quarterback Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville Jaguars' new head coach, Urban Meyer. It's a two- to five-year goal of a Super Bowl appearance, you know, and at least an AFC South division title during that two- to five-year period. We'll see what happens. It's going to be competitive in the AFC South, as I understand it. So that's some of, uh, you know, my thoughts concerning the fines. It looks like the fines have been <laughs> the fines have been levied, and everybody knows about it. And it wasn't just the Jaguars. It was the uh, 49ers and the Cowboys, too. By the way, the Cowboys are going to be on hard knocks. I will not watch. Uh, would have been interesting if the Jaguars had got on hard knocks, but it's going to be the Cowboys this year. That's, uh, I guess, HBO's um, program, Hard Knocks. And I watched it a few years ago. The Jaguars were on hard knocks many, many what, many, many moons ago when I think Jack Del Rio was a head coach one one year. It's been several years. So I won't watch Hard Knocks. I have no interest in the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot of Cowboy fans out there, I know, but, you know, we're covering the Jacksonville Jaguars football team. Uh, the Teal Shirt Report podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with all the great creation tools. Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida. See Larry Saucer and his staff for home, residential, commercial, business, real estate needs, Saucer Realty. And, of course, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with all those great creation tools with Anchor.fm, Anchor by Spotify. And also, we want to talk about LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Recognizable hits, majority of the time, of course. Now, there is Rock Saturdays at LakeUfallHits.com. And, of course, Hits 2000s Monday through Friday evenings, Monday through Friday nights at LakeUfallHits.com, where it's all good. Southern Steam got beat. You know, the clock broke, I think, in the second half of the game. When the game ended, I said, man, is it over with? I didn't realize the game was over with. Man, the scoreboard just fouled everybody up. The Argyle Avengers won the game 30-20. to 20. Uh, It was not an EIF uh, game because the, the Avengers actually were an outdoor team playing indoor. Got to take it off. Take your hat off to them. They were the FCFL runners-up in May of 2021. And now, you know, the Avengers stay pretty active uh, with their team year-round with things they do in the community. And they decided to, yeah, we'll play an indoor football game against the Southern Steam. One of the teams that the Southern Steam was supposed to play, the Palm Beach Phantoms, apparently uh, canceled. And so the Southern Steam was looking for an opponent. They grabbed the Argyle Avengers. And Argyle's pretty tough team and you know they brought I know they brought 20 or 25 players so they didn't just bring a handful of players they had the depth they had some talent they were a tough team to beat and the best I could figure it even with the scoreboard breaking it looked like after you know consulting with Southern Steam coach Bobby Damerall uh, it looks like the uh, final score was the Argyle Avengers 30 the Argyle Avengers 30 and the Southern Steam 20 also, the Jacksonville Sharks took one on the chin to the Orlando Predators. The Orlando Predators, uh, 53. The Jacksonville Sharks, 41, I believe is what the score was. And that was back on Friday night, a couple of nights ago, back on July the 2nd at Orlando. Orlando's beaten Jacksonville twice, but Jacksonville also beat maybe the best team in the NAL uh, when they got their new quarterback, Southwick. And they beat perhaps the best team in the NAL a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Albany uh, New York Empire. So the NAL is kind of topsy-turvy. A lot of teams battling and got to have a good night on that night you're playing a specific team. So the NAL National Arena League is, is very, very entertaining. We're going to continue with uh, more of our podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast uh, coming up. We got an interview with Ellis Smith, defensive end for the Orlando Predators. That's coming up, too. And everybody, thank you for listening. 
You're listening to the Till Shirt Report podcast. We cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. Hey, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Okay, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallahits.com for great internet radio. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Southern Steam will be heading up to Wheeling, West Virginia, believe it or not, for the, uh, yeah, that's right. They're going to make a long road trip to West Virginia to play in the Elite Indoor Football League's championship game against the Reading, Pennsylvania Raptors. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a Saturday afternoon tilt. I think it starts around 12 noon or 1 o'clock. Uh, BigJReport.com sports reporter Alex Nunray is going to be heading up there. And uh, Alex will be filing some reports, may do some video, some pictures uh, from Wheeling, West Virginia. We're looking forward to that. Alex Nunray, of course, uh, one of our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, Southern Steam did take one on the chin, lost to the Argyle Avengers. And after researching the score and talking with Coach Bobby Damorell, and the scoreboard broke in the second clock, it appears the final score was actually Argyle Avengers 30 and the Southern Steam 20. Argyle, a tough, tough group of football players. I mean, they were, and they're more used to playing outdoor. So indoor was a little different for them. So they may have been a tough opponent for the Southern Steam in in some aspects. Uh, The Southern Steam, not to make excuses, they were without a couple of, uh, you know, very important ingredients, players to their team. So I know the next thing, since they did lose 30 to 20 to Argyle, the Argyle Avengers 30, the Southern Steam 20, the next thing for the Southern Steam is concentrating on the July 17th EIF championship game up in Wheeling, West Virginia, going to be played at a pretty good size arena up in Wheeling. Also from David Martin a couple of weeks ago, the APDFL final, I want to make sure I update the score because I had the right team winning, but I think the, the wrong score perhaps. The final score actually, according to David Martin, was the Crescent City Kings 13, the Alabama Let's see, the Alabama team, the Blackhawks. They're known as the Blackhawks. It was the, um, they're from Birmingham, I understand. The Crescent City Kings, 13, the Alabama Blackhawks, 7 in the APDFL championship game, which was actually played, I guess, a little bit over a week ago. Also going to take a look at some North Florida entertainment. We do have an, we do have an interview coming up with uh, Ella Smith too. One of my favorite guys uh, now in the national arena league, he used to play for the Southern steam, the Tampa Bay tornadoes. Uh, We will absolutely let you hear that interview in its entirety. I mean, I sat down with Ella Smith and we talked for a long time. I think a couple of times we tried to wrap up the interview and we started talking about some more things. He is an interesting guy, did not play college football, but he ended up uh, playing indoor arena football. He's played on, you know, a few different teams, and he's he's kind of developed himself into a defensive end pass rusher extraordinaire. And we'll talk to uh, Ella Smith. You know, about a month ago, I, I interviewed Zach Brown from the Jacksonville Sharks, and now we're going to talk to Ella Smith with the Orlando Predators as we primarily cover the Jacksonville Sharks the Columbus Georgia Lions, the Orlando Predators here in our North Florida, South Georgia, uh, pocket of South Alabama and surrounding areas. Taking a look at some of the concerts coming up as we kind of delve into uh, North Florida entertainment. ZZ Top is coming up. Been a lot of talk about ZZ Top uh, coming to Jacksonville. And let me pull up uh, some of the latest concerts we got. I mean, there's some good shows coming up. Let's take a look at some of the shows uh, that are coming up. You know, we had a lot of shows canceled or postponed in 2020. Some of them are being made up, and now we got some new shows popping up uh, as well. Shows that are actually scheduled now. How about this one? Green Day with Fallout Boy and Weezer on July 31st of 2021 at 5.30 p.m. 
at the TIAA Bank Field uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, Motley Crue. That's right. Also, Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at TIA Bank Field at the stadium in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021 in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, three different groups, and they'll start early at about 4.30 p.m. late in the afternoon. And the show, the concert, will continue with the three groups um, late afternoon, early evening, and into the night. That's Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th in Jacksonville, Florida at 4.30 p.m. And that'll be, of course, at the TIAA Bank Field at the stadium where, where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. And that will be, let me let me rehash this one more time, Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021 in Jacksonville, Florida at 4.30 p.m. How about this one? Here's another one. Santana, Tuesday night, September 21st of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Daly's Place is located next to the stadium at TIA Bank Field. Kind of a next-door neighbor to TIA Bankfield at the stadium in downtown Jacksonville. ZZ Top, as a good friend of mine used to call him, ZZ Pop Top. ZZ Top, and that was when we were kids, actually. ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th at twenty of 2021 here in Jacksonville. ZZ Top on Sunday night, November 14th, 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. That'll be an intimate atmosphere. Florida Theater holds about 1,900 people. I'm assuming they're going to be now getting back to 100% capacity or close close to it. When they started shows back in December, they were at about 50% capacity. And I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, people will be wearing masks and social distancing will be carried on. But we'll see. I mean, it, it depends on kind of the, the rules of the state. Um uh, the venue, what have you. I mean, this is, you know, COVID-19. I mean, it's it's just simply been, you know, it's been a learning experience, things we've all been going through, been, been, some, been some sad, you know, some sad things come out of COVID-19, a lot of postponements and cancellation of concerts, sporting events, what have you. Also, here we go, KC and the Sunshine Band. That's right. Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday, January the 22nd of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. So that's going to be in a few months, actually. So again, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Saturday Saturday night, January 22nd of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. in the coming, in a few months, I should say, coming in a few months to the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida, in downtown Jacksonville. Elton John, also next year, Elton John, the uh, Elton John Goodbye Yellowbrook Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Again, that's Elton John. Goodbye, Yellowbrook Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's a look at some of the uh, the North Florida entertainment with some of the concerts in the area. Uh, we got a lot more coming up. We are going to uh, go into our interview with uh, with Ellis Smith next. He's the defensive end of the uh, Orlando Predators that, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, playing indoor arena football. And so there's going to be some things in the interview that surprise you. A chance to learn about Ellis Smith. If you watch this guy play, you're going to say, man, this guy is an, a well-built athlete. And I mean – he looks like a tight end. He's playing defensive end. He's rushing the passer. I mean, he got a, a really good sack on the Sharks quarterback, uh, Southwick, the other night when they played back on just a couple of nights ago on Friday night, July the 2nd. And Orlando came up with, I think it was, what, a 52-41 to 41 victory over the Jacksonville Sharks. Orlando swept Jacksonville in the two games they've already played. Meanwhile, the Jacksonville Sharks – they beat a team that's considered even better, the Albany-New York Empire, that might be considered by many to be the best team in the NAL. So on any given night, I mean, the Sharks are a team that they're going to be fighting for one of these playoff spots. The Columbus-Georgia Lions look really good. The Albany-New York Empire look like a really good team. The Orlando Predators are a coming team. Uh, the Jacksonville Sharks are the Sharks. I mean, the Jacksonville Sharks 
have won two out of the last three National Arena League titles. Uh, the, the league was canceled last year for 2020 um, due to COVID. And last year, we saw a lot of indoor football in the elite indoor football league with the Southern Steam at the Ice and Sports Complex. So we did get a chance to see a lot of football, courtesy of Coach Bobby Damorell and his Southern Steam football team. So the NAL returns to action this year. It's an eight-game season, a little bit of an abbreviated season due to COVID. They got started a little bit later, too. So it's an eight-game regular season plus two weeks of playoffs is how it's going to you know, shake down in the National Arena League. We're going to move into our interview with uh, Ellis Smith coming up next here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, you're listening. Welcome into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to talk to Ellis Mr. Ellis Smith, uh, formerly of the Southern Steam, formerly of the Tampa Bay Tornadoes, now with the Orlando Predators. He's cashing those uh, National Arena League checks now. Uh, Ellis Smith, Ellis, good to have you here. Man, what happened, man? You beat my hometown Jacksonville Sharks, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. We uh, we ended up beating the Sharks as a uh, team. We came together and played a uh, pretty good football game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tell you, I've been following you. And when the, apparently when the Tampa Tornadoes sh- shut down, and you want to keep playing football, so you joined the Southern Steam. You know, this season, in fact, how many games did you play with the Southern Steam this year? Um, I believe I played three or four games with the Southern Steam. Yeah, and that's that's where I met you out here. And I said, man, that's a, that's a nice guy, man. He's always – Every time I walk by, he's saying something nice to me, and and I've always wanted to interview Ellis Smith. How did it come to fruition that you signed with Orlando? I mean, I know they saw probably some of your film with the Southern Steam, maybe some with the the tornadoes were in the AAL, I believe. So so how did it how did it go down that uh, the Predators found you and signed you? I mean, I can see why they did, but how did all that come down uh, with the Orlando Predators of the National Arena League? Well. Um... I had got a call from uh, Matt Wells, who's a uh, director of Grind and Shine, and he um, had got in contact with me and told me that there's an opportunity for me to go out there and try out. And I went out there and tried out, and they signed me that day. And, you know, Ellis, you're kind of, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but you're kind of a pass rusher extraordinaire. But you can play the line. You know, most of these guys that are successful in indoor football – they can play two or three positions. The first time I saw you, I said, man, that guy could be a tight end on offense, right? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I do. That's my my main position is defensive, defensive end. Yeah. Um, I am currently working to play a little bit of Mac. I mean, when the offseason get here, the sky's the limit. I'm going to work as hard as I can in whatever position that I need to learn and further my skill. Right. That's what I'm going to do. And we should let everybody know you're a guy that you didn't play college football. No, sir. I didn't play college football. I went from playing uh, high school football. I went to straight to into the construction field. And I think I got like maybe two and a half, three years of semi-pro. And that's when I started the uh, chase of the, the pro football. Yeah. Well, you know, this semi-pro football thing, you know, I, I kind of discovered the Southern Steam last year. And Alex Nunnery and myself from BigJReport.com, we came out here and started covering the Southern Steam. The Southern Steam had a winning streak like six games last year. And I said, man, they played some good football. And, you know, some of the games, there's some trash talking going on a little bit tonight. But it's all part of it. Um, what, what's your opinion of the whole indoor football world, if you will? Um, it's, it's, it's a lot different from outdoor, um, the ground is, it's not soft and then you got, there's no out of bounds. Uh, it's a lot quicker. Uh, everyone is a lot bigger, so, uh, they're a lot bigger and stronger, but, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's the passion of of football and the, and the fans and everybody who comes to support you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the- I mean, these guys, I mean, they play for the love of the game, you know, whether it's EIF, Elite Indoor Football, NAL. National Arena League is becoming 
it may become one of the maybe the premier indoor league now. Yes, sir. I believe I believe so. It's it's the next step before you go to the XFL, the CIFL, or the NFL. So, right. I mean, you got a lot of talent that's there. There's a lot of great people, a lot of lot of lot of good talent. Okay, let's talk about the Sharks game last night that was played. Uh, it was an early game Friday. You know, most of the games I think are played on Saturdays in the NAL. But this was a Friday matchup on July the 2nd. It was a good football game too, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was a very good football game. Um, coming coming into the game, um, I believe the Sharks had, was coming off of a win, and we were coming off of a loss. And so, Heck, the Sharks had just beaten the Albany Empire. Who, you know, a lot of people uh, considered the Albany-New York Empire the top team in the National Arena League. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, – we knew, knowing that, that we, we went into the game, you know, knowing that we had to win this game, okay. you know. So we all just, we just stuck together and played as a team, man. Like, yeah. that was the we, that was the first game I think we really played as a whole team, defense and offense and coaches-wise. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we got to mention is this was actually the second win for Orlando over Jacksonville. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is the second, the second win. Yes, sir. <laughs> And I know that, you know, a big smile came over Ellis Smith's face when he talked about that. But give me the stat line. You had some stats last night, right? I I got the first sack for the um, Orlando Predators, and that was my first sack of the NAL. Yeah. And I think I'm currently up to 15 tackles and wow. two forced sacks yeah. and one fumble recovery. Now, there's one thing that impresses me about you. You know, I, there was one night we were leaving the game here, and I walked out of the parking lot, and you said hello to me. And I said, man, that's a nice guy. And he's, and I said, look at him. He said, he's tall. You're really – give me your height and weight because uh, you're you're a different style defensive player. Uh, my height is um, six, I'm 6'4", six right at, at 243, 245. Yeah. You're, to me, you look like – you look like a tight end, but I know that that size you're playing, you're, you go defensive end. Are you playing a little bit on the D-line too, like you're doing any D-tackle or anything? No, they, they strictly have me playing either side of the uh, defensive okay. ends. That's what they want me to really focus on, getting up the field and getting to the quarterback because this is my really my this is my first year playing. So, yeah. you know, I'm really – everything is new to me, so I don't want to take on too much. So. Yeah. Focus on one job and, 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 and be great at that. Well, I said you're the size of a tight end, but you're also, to be honest with you, you're about the size of an NFL defensive end too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I done seen some defensive ends that are currently my size. And, you know, honestly, man, for me, um, if I make it to the NFL, I mean, I, glory be to God, but uh, it is it is what it is. I'm just thankful to to continue to play football and wherever I end up, I just end up. I know I'm, I take care of my family. Family comes first and then work and then football. So wherever it leads me, man, I'll be happy. I I mean, I'm, I'm happy for what I have done now. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people want to be in the NAL. A lot of people try to get in the NAL, and I'm just thankful that I'm one of them that's currently playing in it. And, you know, a lot of these guys that play for the Southern Steam and, and even the Argyle Avengers, they want to make it up to the NAL too. That's one of the next steps up. Now, what, what I was going to also ask you, Ellis, is, uh, you know, as far as the stat line goes, what, what's your goals? I mean – my my goals is when I get on the field is yeah. to get as many sacks and tackles if I can. Like yeah. the goal, honestly, I try to go one hundred percent every play, every play, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 being paid to get out there and do my and job. I can tell you, the guys, the scouts in the NFL, you know what they're looking for with those defensive uh, those um, defensive ends that rush the passer. They're looking for that guy with the motor. The the motor that runs all the time. Yes, sir. And I I try to I try to keep a motor. You know I um uh, I, I currently work a full time job in construction. So that 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 Friday I had to go do asphalt. Oh wow! And then I had to drive three hours to get to the game, and I I kind of got there late. Then I had to hurry up and get dressed and play a whole game of, of professional football. So yeah, 
I, I try to I try to work out and try to stay in shape as much as I can. I try to take care of my body. Did you sack the Sharks quarterback last night? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. And and that is the guy. You probably heard the stories about him. He's like thirty nine years old. He had I don't know if you knew this, but he had a cup of coffee with the Oakland Raiders like back around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And he's played. He's played for many, many indoor arena league teams as well, like a lot of players have that have been in this for a long time. Give me the rundown of all the teams you played for in semi-pro and indoor. Oh man, I, I honestly, it, it, it'll take all day because I'll tell you, just just this and um, just in one year, yeah, I um I was looking for a team just to play uh, regular semi-pro football. Right. And I found the team called the the Reapers, the Bay Area Reapers. <laughs> and I started playing with them. Yeah. And uh, the NAL was coming around. So we were, I was trying to advertise myself to get on. Never got signed, but I was playing with the Reapers. I got a chance to play four games with the Reapers before they told me I can't play anymore because I was playing in the AAL. I got oh, yeah. signed to a traveling team. Oh, wow. Which is the uh, Carolina uh, Predators? I had to pay for everything, my travel and everything, which I was cool with that because I was on on that stage. Right. So, um, I played two games with them, and I end up getting traded to the Tampa Bay or the uh, the Tornadoes. Yeah. Got on the Tornadoes, and I played one game with them. And after that, I came over here and played with the Southern Steam. Played about three or four games, and. I got signed to the uh, Carolina or the uh, Orlando Predators. It's hard to keep up with all the cities and team names. That's right. Hey, Orlando Predators, that's big-time football. And, you know, the Orlando Predators used to play in the big – you know, they told you about the big arena league. That Yeah, you know the what was considered the biggest arena league of them all when they first started playing back in, I think, the 90s or late 80s. And Orlando's had a team for a long time. I think they took a couple of years off, and then they came back into the NAL. But, hey, I think you're in a good spot. I, I believe so, man. Like, I really like the atmosphere over there. I like the coaches. Yeah. I like the players and everything. And, like, everybody everybody lifts one another up. You know, we play as a team. You know, it ain't perfect. It ain't never perfect where you go. But yeah. if, if you can learn from your mistakes and, and get better every day, that's that's what it's all about hey you know one thing that's funny about football and particularly indoor football is the roster is not as big so you got 25 guys if you're lucky that's it but i'm gonna tell you something that uh that i found is that the orlando predators they had a terrible year last year i think they won maybe one game they they were really the bottom of the nal last year but look how quickly they've turned it around because they're as competitive as anybody in the National Arena League. Now, it looks like the Columbus Georgia Lions are pretty good. The Albany New York Empire and I mean, you can't you can't discount the Sharks. They beat the Empire a couple of weeks ago. I believe, man, all the arena teams is just it's just having the determination and, and the will and who's going to end in the who's going to have the last punch. Right. That's right. that's what it's about. I mean, that's the that's the beauty about playing arena football. You can play the the the, the lowest team and yeah. they can end up beating you that day. So everybody, you know, when you play, you got to just come one hundred percent. You got to play every play with one hundred percent. Yeah, and you know the Jacksonville Sharks are my hometown team because I'm I live in Jacksonville, yeah. and I'm from Jacksonville originally, even though I lived up in Georgia and Alabama for years. But I'm I'm gonna tell you. That I'm proud of you, Ellis, because I saw you when you were here with the Southern Steam, and now you're doing great things with the Orlando Predators, man. I'm really, really, really proud you're doing well, and uh, I know you got some lofty goals. I can tell. Oh yeah. Um. Well, my main goal, you know, is to um, run my own company. I'm, I want to. I want to run my own company and. Uh, just be successful in football uh, and play as long as I can and take care of my family. That's my main goal is to is to be successful in life. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a difficult question. How old are you now? <laughs> That's not difficult. I'm 34. Wow. Now, 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 here's the funny thing. They talk about Tim Tebow. Tim <laughs> yeah. being too old to play. Tim might be a few weeks younger than you. I don't know. Tim's. Not, I think Tim's 33. But 34, man, it looks like to me you're having the time of your life playing in the National Arena League. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am, man. And, you know, I 
I talked to a couple of, uh, you know, my friends and I told them like, you know, I never, I didn't go to college, but it might've been a good thing because I didn't beat up my body like that. And I stayed in the construction field, staying strong and, 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 and training my body to be an athlete. And it's been, it's been good. It's been good. We got to give Ellis, we got to give Ellis a plug. He's number nine with the Orlando Predators. You know you can watch the games on YouTube and stuff like that. So watch my man, Ellis Smith, number nine. If you ever watch the guy, you see the guy. Man, Ellis, you're built like a, you're built like an Adonis athlete. I got to say that. And you and I are friends, so I guess I could say that. But, uh, man, you're looking great. I saw you get a sack. I said, oh, yeah, that's Ellis. He got my, my Sharks guy. But, uh what, did, what what were you impressed with the Sharks? I mean, Zach Brown had a pretty good game last night. Me and, me and Zach Brown's actually met here on the Steam when I was right. playing. He came and seen the Steam play. So, I mean, as far as like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, try to uh, judge the Sharks or anything. But I know, as the Predators, we play, we we played together. Now, you can hear all this noise in the background. There's a lot of trash talking going on between the Avengers and Southern Steam Game. And, Ellis, you've been through all this. You know. And uh, right now, it's a, tough, it's a tough night for the Steam. It's the Avengers 18, the Steam 2. And a hybrid linebacker, Enrique. Enrique, uh, uh, I always call it Enrique Crumbs, is uh, going at it with some of the Avengers players. You know, it reminds you of, uh, of World Championship Wrestling or something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of trash talking in the arena, man. You just got to leave it on the field, though, man. That's right. Hey, Ellis Smith, thanks for joining us on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Enjoy talking to you, and much success to you with the Orlando Predators. I think it's kind of great you're going to get it. looks like a full season in. I know that the Orlando Predators, it's a little bit of an abbreviated season with the eight-game schedule, but then two weeks of playoffs. You guys are right in the playoff hunt after knocking off the Sharks a couple of times. I mean, um, you you really we really don't want to try to look at the future right now. We just want to play every yeah. game one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go one and zero every every game. So, um, I mean, the playoffs right now we're not really too much focused. We just if if we beat every team from here on out we're guaranteed to make it to the playoffs. So yeah. the playoffs come is like a re- reward for beating everybody. And you control your own destiny. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we got an eight-game regular season, a little bit of an abbreviated NAL season, but then two weeks of playoffs after that. There's only, two teams, there's only four teams that are allowed to advance to the right, playoffs. Right. And then, you know, them two, them four play, and then you got the championship. Where do you, Let me ask you this, because I, I know we'd already kind of said goodbye already, but where do, you, where do you envision seeing yourself next year in football? Uh, to be honest, I, I really don't want to say anything about that because yeah. there's, because <laughs> this year is going good for me and yeah. I have options. Oh, so, good. yeah. So I don't know where I'm going to end up. Okay. We'll have to see. <laughs> well, Ella Smith, I, I'm, hey, wherever you are, I'm pulling for you. I, you know, you're, you're actually a friend of mine on Facebook now, so I'm going to follow you wherever you go. If you need anything, any support from me and, and, you know, interviews. And, you know, we do a lot of posting on a couple of groups, BigJReport.com, Facebook group. And, you know, we've got the XFL Today group as well. I think you like that group because I see you post up in there. And uh, so the group, the Facebook groups are doing well. And it's a pleasure to be your Facebook friend there. And, Ellis, we've met on numerous occasions in person. And thank you for doing the interview with us. I always enjoy interviewing uh, football players and you know, we interview a lot of management people and, and uh, uh, football players involved with um, with sports. Yes, and then we do a lot of that. And, of course, we we covered the Jacksonville Jaguars, too, yeah. with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Ellis, thank you for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to say to everybody out there in the masses? Yes. I want to say to all the Orlando Predator fans, we, uh, we appreciate y'all for coming out and supporting us. We have a game coming up this Saturday. We get uh, we go against the Jersey Flight. We're going to need all of y'all to come out again and support us on this uh, win. Got a home game coming up. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. wow. Well, good luck. You guys, uh, what's your record now? We are two, I want to say two and three, I okay. think. I believe okay. so. Two and three. So it's time to go on a little bit of a winning streak now. Yes, yes sir. 
Yes, sir. Stay positive, stay focused, and, and get all these wins. Okay, defensive end. It sounds good. Defensive end, Ellis Smith with the Orlando Predators. Thank you for joining us on the Till Shirt Report. You have a great day. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hey, Scott, it's George, you know, big dog in the middle, number 99, Southern Steam. Hey, check this out. I'm just sending you this message to let everybody know. Yeah, we know we had a bad road trip to Georgia. No excuse. We shouldn't have put the game into another man's hands. But you know what? That's behind us. Next play. I have a pack of dogs behind me. We ready to fight. You got us in the corner. Now we're coming out even harder. I feel sorry for the man in front of us because it's not going to be the same. They're not going to go home the same. Okay, you know what happens when you put a pack of dogs into the back of a corner? We come out fighting harder for each other than ever before. Scott, I love you. Let everybody know the Southern Steam is still JVL's biggest team. All right? You guys take it easy. See you at the ice rink. Congrats to the Mississippi State Bulldogs on a terrific win over Texas last night. Mississippi State baseball team will play the Vanderbilt Commodores in the College World Series Championship Series. Monday through potentially Wednesday, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, second baseman, former JU second baseman, and Venice High School star Scotty DeBruel. The Bulldogs also led by Tanner Allen, Logan Tanner, Will Be- Congrats to the Mississippi State Bulldogs on winning their first ever national championship in college baseball history and in their school's history. The Bulldogs, they're led by outfielder Rowdy Jordan. From Auburn, Alabama. Also led by outfielder Tanner Allen from Theodore, Alabama. They're also led by former JU second baseman and starting Mississippi State second baseman Scotty DeBrule from Venice, Florida. Hey, you probably guessed uh, that was Alex Nunry talking about college baseball in Mississippi State. The Mississippi State Bulldogs win the national championship. A former uh, J.U. Dolphin baseball player, Scotty, uh, uh, Mr. Scotty DeBrule, second baseman for J.U., played for Mississippi State. He transferred to Mississippi State after graduating from the J.U. Dolphins. And as I understand it, he got at least three RBIs in the championship series of the World Series, um, you know, the, the final best of three between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Mississippi State won the series two games to one. All three games were blowouts, and uh, Mississippi State finally won game three, nine to nothing. So they put their stamp on the national championship, and congratulations to Scotty DeBrule. Um, you know, the folks in Jacksonville, Florida, very proud of him. He graduated from JU, was a great JU Dolphin baseball player, and then decided he wanted to play one more year of baseball because he had another year of eligibility left and decided, you know, his time at JU was done. He had graduated from JU, went to Mississippi State, and lo and behold, Scotty DeBrul, Scotty DeBrul gets a national championship along with the rest of his uh, Mississippi State Bulldog teammates in 2021. Kind of a historic, uh, historic year for Scotty DeBrul and the Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs winning the uh, – the World Series of College Baseball, and they won it against Vanderbilt. I mean, the final two teams were both from the SEC. So when you talk about the SEC, you talk about great baseball, 
great football, and, you know, basketball is pretty darn competitive, too. Also, going back to all that crazy stuff with uh, Barney Fife, I, I mean, Paul Feinbaum, uh, talking about Urban Meyer. I mean, he's he's become one of the ESPN talking heads, Feinbaum. And, you know, he's talking about Urban Meyer flaming out. I mean, it's in my mind, it's it's nonsense. It's basically Feinbaum's opinion. In my opinion, the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking to make a Super Bowl appearance in the next two to five years. They got the playmakers to do it. They got the franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. And, man, they got a good group of wide receivers. I mean, they've got DJ Chark uh, to make a run in the next two to five years. You know, and I'm assuming the DJ Chark will be re-signed, you know, in the next uh, few months or the next year. Um, also, you know, they've got uh, Marvin Jones Jr. and LaVisca Chenault, who I feel is going to be a star in this league in the NFL. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've been brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with great creation tools. Saucer Realty. A lot of big things happening at Saucer Realty. I mean, they're, you know, they got uh, you covered on real estate needs uh, between Jacksonville and Gainesville, particularly Lake City, Live Oak, all these great areas in North Florida, great places to live. Uh, go to BigJReport.com, scroll all the way down to the weather information, the 24-7 weather, and you'll find the link to Saucerility. Click on that, and you can find out more about Saucerility and their real estate listings, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate needs. Saucerility, one of our fine sponsors. Also, you can uh, you know check out some great music at LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where... It's all good. And again, follow us at BigJReport.com and Anchor.fm. Proud to be a, a sponsor uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've been doing great things uh, through Anchor, I feel like. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast are Alex Nunnery and also JC. Thank you for listening to this uh, 40th episode and show of the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast here in season number two. My name is Scott. I'm your host. And again, uh, thank you for listening. Special thank you to Ellis Smith for sitting down with us and doing that lengthy interview here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You guys have a great day. We cover and break it down. The Jacksonville Jaguars, um, other area sports, as well as North Florida Entertainment. And again, you have been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Have a great day. See you next time. I am out. 